stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and this week I'm going solo again to discuss the hunt for the lottery stock. We've talked about this before on the podcast, but it's coming up again, so I wanted to cover it once again because this is the hope this is the dream right for all of us that lottery stock you know them these are the stocks that if you bought them five ten or twenty years ago it was like winning the lottery you're up a thousand percent or maybe five thousand percent or if you held it long enough maybe ten thousand percent so hence the name the lottery stock right because if you put a little bit of money in there and you're up 10,000%, it's like winning the lottery. So I was reading the March 2022 issue of Kiplinger's Personal Finance Magazine. I have a subscription to it. I really recommend it. If you're looking around for a good magazine, yes, it still comes in the mail, but they do have online as well. Um, but it does come in the mail, and you want something that covers you know, personal finance, money, investing, retirement, all that stuff, I really do recommend Kiplinger's. So I was reading the latest issue, and I stumbled across an article by James Glassman. It's called Five Stocks to Own for Decades. Good title, by the way, Five Stocks to Own for Decades. Many of you might remember James Glassman, if you're old enough, that is, because he infamously co-wrote a book in 1999 called Dow 36,000. And that was when the Dow had only just hit 10,000. So this book seemed like an outrage at the time, Dow 36,000, when we were only at 10,000. So it became kind of a sign of the market top and the speculation and kind of the mania that had gripped stocks. Although now, obviously, um, the book doesn't seem so strange anymore, but this was, you know, well over 20 years ago. But in this article, he talks about data that two investment managers, Eric Crittenden and Cole Wilcox, tabulated about stocks from 1983 to 2006. So they tabulated all this data apparently in 2008. So it's a little bit old of a survey, but the results are still interesting. So they found that from 1983 to 2006, so that included almost all of the bull market that lasted through 2000 and some of the bear because this goes through 2006. So it's kind of a good combination of both the bull and the bear. And it also includes the dot-com bust. So you got a bust in there, you got the big bull market, and then you just got kind of a bear market before the Great Recession hit. And they found that 64% of stocks had a lower return than the Russell 3000. And the Russell 3000 is a broad US market index. So 64% had a lower return than the index. 18.5% of all the stocks lost 75% of their value or more during that period. 75% or more. That's almost 20% of the stocks, 18.5%. But 6% of the stocks beat the Russell 3000, and they beat it by 500% or more. So that was like the overachievers are 6% of all the stocks. And 25% of the stocks accounted for all of the market gains. So you, you only needed to own 25%. Doesn't this kind of sound familiar with today's market, right? 
We have Fangman out there accounting for a big chunk of the NASDAQ returns, right? Or the S&P 500. So I took a look at the S&P 500 ETF, the SPY. That's just your basic one that everybody trades, right? And Apple is now 5.9%, Microsoft 5.6, and Amazon 4%. Just those three are 15.5% of the entire S&P 500 index. This is not obviously the equal weighted one. So we all know that the Fang and the Fang Man stocks, these large cap tech names, are just huge percentages of the indexes now, the, the unequal weighted ones. Um, so nothing has changed, apparently. If 25% of stocks accounted for all market gains in that prior period, we can pretty much uh, look at what's happening with some of the fangmans all hitting new highs and that those are now accounting for a big chunk of the gains in the indexes as well. But back to those 6%. So the 6% that beat the Russell 3000 by 500% or more, those are the lottery stocks, right? That's the dream. 500% above the Russell 3000, that is uh, just tremendous. And we're all trying to find it. But how do you find the 6%? It seems so easy after the fact, right? Of course, I should have bought you know, Alphabet 10 years ago. I should have bought Microsoft back in 2013 when it finally hit a new high after the dot-com bust. It took 13 years for it to get back to that high. And maybe that was a sign. Hey, I should have bought then. But given Facebook's change of focus recently, or I should say meta platforms to the metaverse and it topping out in the number of subscribers in the US, this is just nine years after going public, there are no guarantees with any of these companies, even the biggest of the tech companies, that you'll have a 20 or 30 year run and that they'll stay on top and they'll keep doing what they're doing. There's no guarantees. So if you bought Facebook's IPO, you're up 469%. And that's versus 241% for the S&P 500. But the triple Qs are up, or the NASDAQ, let's just say, the NASDAQ is up 406%. So while you are beating the NASDAQ, it's not by much. But that's because it's had this big plunge here in 2022, right? So at its highs in 2021, before the plunge, Meta was up 890% off of its IPO. So that's quite a bit better than what you would have got by just owning, you know, the triple Qs or the S&P 500. Um, but, and it's still beating it. It's up 469% still, but 2022 has wiped out a big chunk of those gains. The good thing is for Facebook uh, meta platform investors, we're not yet back to those coronavirus lows, if you're looking at the chart. So we haven't gone all the way back that low yet. Um, but this is, again, another sign of, hey, it might not be that easy to find the lottery stocks. I own Facebook. Um, I did not buy it on the IPO. I bought it afterwards, and I was dollar cost averaging for a number of years. I haven't bought any shares in years now. Um, so 
I, I'm keeping it on my watch list, right? And watching to see what's going to happen here with the stock now that it has pulled back. But it's been a good performer for me. But it just goes to show you finding those lottery stocks is very difficult. So should you even try? 6% are the lottery stocks, according to that other data uh, from the prior bull market. Or you could just buy the major indexes and not worry that much. So again, it was 406% for the triple Qs over that nine-year time period. That's pretty impressive, right? Just for owning the index. But what if you want to try for those lottery stocks? Where do I look? How do I look? What do I do? So I'm going to give a couple just tips on what to look for if you're trying to find a lottery stock. Okay, so the first tip out is it really should have a multi-year track record. You don't have to buy some small cap uh, unknown stock and see if it grows into something. <laughs> no, um, I kept saying for years that I was, uh, you know, when I was watching Alphabet over all the years, I've been here at Zaxx, I kept saying that I couldn't believe that it was doing 20% a year revenue growth. Every, every quarter I would tweet out, oh, there's Alphabet still doing the 20%. I don't know how they're doing it at the size of the company that they are, because normally when you get really big, you cannot grow at that pace anymore because you just run out of runway, basically, you can't but they continued to do it. And then finally, several years ago, I decided, you know what? If you can't beat them, join them. So I did buy some Alphabet finally, but this was well after their IPO in the middle of the prior decade. Um, when did they go IPO? 2004, I believe. So you can buy good companies well after they come on the, on the market and still have a lottery stock. So Alphabet, by the way, the revenue for 2022 expected to be up 17.6%, 2023 up another 19%. So it's not still doing 20, but again, it's even bigger than a couple of years ago when I couldn't believe they were doing 20 and they're still doing 17.6, um, or at least that's what's expected for this year. So still very impressive revenue growth for a company, any company, and certainly one of this size, trading at 23 times forward now. That's that's on the cheaper side for Alphabet because those shares have pulled back a bit. Um, okay, so get a company with a multi-year track record of growth. And so they could be around a while. They could even be 50 years old or 100 for all we know because the age of the company doesn't matter, but the track record does. Then number two, dominate the industry. So some of these stocks that I do call like beasts when I'm on Twitter, <laughs> when they're having their earnings and I like can't believe what they're doing, that's domination. So some other people might call it a moat. They have some kind of moat, some kind of advantage in the marketplace, whether it's a product, just sheer size, something is happening where they can dominate the industry. And then a third Factor I like to look for is global player that kind of goes with dominating the industry. But um, I do like to see them outside of the US, but you can still find some lottery stocks that were 
uh, mostly in the U.S. to begin, and I'm thinking a lot with restaurant stocks, uh, retail, a lot of those will start in the U.S. or Canada, um, somewhere in North America, and then expand out. But I do kind of want to see the expansion because that goes to tip number one on the multi-year uh, track record of growth. Um, also, keep in mind, you don't necessarily have to be in China to be one of the lottery stocks. It was a couple of years ago kind of thought that if they can't get in China, they're not going to have the growth. But that has proven untrue because most of the Fang Mans are not in China and continue to dominate the industry and have the multi-year track record. So um, China's nice if you can tap that market, but you don't have to be in China to be the global player. So let's take a look at a couple of stocks that I just kind of pulled out because I, I like them and I felt like they kind of represent what a lottery stock is and can be. So the first one is actually Zach's number five strong sell right now. Now remember, the Zach's rank is a short-term recommendation. So if you're buying some of these stocks to last you for years or decades, then um, the rank doesn't really work in the same way, but it can give you some clues about what's going on at the company. So I do look at it even for my long-term holds. So this next company is a five strong sell because their estimates are being cut but it's Intuitive Surgical, ISRG is the ticker. So from their IPO back in 2000, these shares are actually up 16,951%. So it's already is a lottery stock, right? But is it too late to buy it and have it continue on in its lottery ways? Um, I would argue no, because it does dominate its industry in the, uh, you know, um, surgical procedures and with its product, that Da Vinci surgical system, it's unique and it's in demand and they are still growing their revenues. So yeah, intuitive surgical over the last two years, so that 16,000 sounds super impressive, right? So over the last two years, these shares are up 42% and year to date though, they're down 20. So that's maybe... A buying opportunity? I don't know. It's still pricey at 57 times. However, it was a lot higher on the PE, but it's come down now that the shares are down. And it is supposed to have negative earnings growth here for 2022, which I don't normally like to see, but that could change because they are getting hit by the coronavirus waves that make their way around the world. And then, um, you know, some people put off their surgical procedures and things. And so that has been hitting their earnings both in 2020 and in 2021 and likely will in 2022 as well. But if I can get the stock cheaper, I may be interested in Intuitive Surgical ISRG, but this is the type of company that is a lottery stock and um, it has some real advantages in terms of moat and dominating its industry. Okay, the next stock is Estee Lauder, ticker EL, another one that dominates this industry. It's been around since 1995. That was its IPO, and it has um, a very good track record and has also been a lottery stock. But let me look at something because 
um, I was putting in like all time highs to get the all time gains on the stack. And yeah, I thought I was not looking totally correctly with 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 um, Lauder because it's been on a nice run the last couple of years. So, OK, so we do have it up um, all time. 1279%, 1279%. It is off of its highs and it's now down 20% as well, just like Intuitive Surgical year to date. Over the last two years, it also looks similar to Intuitive. It's now only up 44% during that time period because it has had a furious rally after the coronavirus sell off. But it's given back a little bit of that. Still seeing uh, double digit revenue growth expected for this fiscal year of 15.5%. Fiscal 2023, 8.7%, but that's a little ways off still, so that may change. Still dominates the beauty industry with its brands and its global uh, reach. It's in every corner of the globe, huge player in North America, Europe, and in China. So I like that, that it dominates. And PE though, little pricey here at 40 times still. So, and it does pay a dividend yielding 0.8%, so not much, but you do get something. There is no dividend with Intuitive Surgical, by the way. So Estee Lauder, another one of those that if it got a little bit cheaper, I might be even more interested. So I'm, I'm keeping it on my watch list as well, but it has been a uh, very nice lottery type stock over the last decade. And it's uh, still has some momentum, but pulled back here. So might be one just to kind of keep on your list. And then I wanted to cover one of the US retailers. It's been around a while and um, we all know it. It's Costco, COST. It too dominates its industries. I've called it a beast many, many times. Um, uh, it's just, it keeps on going and it seemingly does everything right. So someone on Twitter recently said that they were in Costco and they were chatting with their cashier and the cashier told them that they had worked there for 39 years and they were about to celebrate their 40th year as a Costco employee. That's incredible, right? Of working anywhere for 39 years, any single employer, but uh, certainly working retail for 39 years, that person's seen it all, right? They've seen the big transformation in Costco over all those years. Um, but this cashier also told this person on Twitter that they now had $3 million in their 401k because Costco does uh, give employees some stock apparently. So over all those years, it's compounded to $3 million, but that's a lottery stock, right? And Costco went public 1986, so it's been a long while, up 1,353% versus the S&P 500 at 204. Could that be right? We did have a bad years in there in the bear market, so that could be. Two-year, though, up 61%. S&P is up 30 in that two-year time period. QQQ is up 44%. So still outperforming even the tech stocks. Uh, revenue growth of 11.6% in fiscal 2022, 
and another 7.6 in fiscal 2023, but it's too early for that one. But still double-digit revenue growth, even though they've been around forever. PE, though, is getting a little pricey for me for a retailer, PE of 40. You've always paid a premium for Costco because of its good growth trajectory. But a little bit pricey still, even with the shares pulling back um, a little bit year-to-date. What are they year-to-date? Let's see. Um, because, you know, this one has been on many investors lists many investors own it it does pay a dividend but it's only yielding 0.6 percent but if you bought a couple of years ago you got in it at like a much higher uh percentage so yeah shoes are down about 10 percent year to date now so that's not too bad they're pulled back a little bit could be a buying opportunity but again with a p of 40 i would like to get a little cheaper but i'm the value investor right and it does matter when you get into a company and what valuation you you pay for it if you're going to own it for many years. But a lot of these three stocks are growth plays. So we're buying for that double digit revenue growth. And um, that's key for the lottery stocks, right, is that to get that growth. Now, remember when the indexes are returning 20% or more a year, it's really hard to you know beat the index um, especially by 500%, as that other uh, study showed, because that is like extraordinary, even at 20%. So remember, at 20% a year, you will double your money in 3.6 years. That's that's almost nothing. Um, at 25%, you're doubling in 2.8 years. So less than three years, you're going to double at 25%. So it's very difficult to find a stock that's going to go 25% year over year over year. I took a look at the triple Qs that Invesco ETF over the last three years, it's been 38% annualized return, 38%. That means you doubled your money in 1.89 years, so less than two years, so less than the time of the pandemic, you've doubled your money in the QQQs. Um, so that's really, really difficult to do in a stock, as I just mentioned. <laughs> there have been some of the lottery stocks that have managed to do it. The 30 top performers of the S&P 500 including Amazon, Netflix, those are close to like 30, but now that they've pulled back here in 2022, it's gonna hurt their return, their annualized. So it's probably, you know, still over 20, but that's even hard to do year over year over year. For 20 years, very difficult, it's rare. That's even rarer than the 6%. So there are these great companies like Costco that aren't even doing anything close to the 30%. Um, but I still consider those to be lottery stocks and you can still grow your money, have a good investment and be happy in some cases in what you're owning. So for the lottery stocks, buy the tops in the industries. Costco has outlived many other warehouse type club companies and other uh, big box retailers. So they are survivors, they have survived. That's what I want in a lottery stack. Um, stay on top of what is going on with that uh, company because as the Meta platform shows, 
you can't get complacent in the business model because everything is changing, especially in technology. So Intuitive Surgical has a moat right now with its Da Vinci Surgical Systems. But in five years or 10 years, they may not. There may be something new that someone else comes out with that's better. And so they may lose their edge. Um, so everything is always changing. And we've seen that in Tesla versus General Motors and Ford. We've seen that in um, you know all types of transportation, although the railroads are still going strong, right? Uh, haven't they, those have not been technologyed out yet? The rails, uh, but there is always change in businesses and in business models. So what looks like a beast at one point may not be ten years later. So you always have to be aware of what's going on with your long-term investments and make sure that they still do have their domination in the industry and that they still are growing that revenue where you want it to be growing. Um, because all good things do in some respects come to an end. And um, if you can get 20 or 30 years out of a company, that is a great track record for these types of lottery stocks. Um, because as we know from this data, it's only about 6% of all stocks that are the lottery type stocks. So finding them is not that easy, but once you found one, it can make your portfolio for your life, basically. It only takes one. Um, keep that in mind too. You don't have to have like five of them. It'd be great, great if you did, but if you only had intuitive surgical since 2000, you're up 16,000%. So you'd be doing fine with that one. So keep that in mind. Let me recap the tickers I talked about again. I did talk about meta platforms. I do own it. It's, it's still is ticker FB, but they will be changing it to meta soon enough. But for right now, it's still FB. Then Alphabet, I do own that one, but I didn't get in in the early goings like some of you probably did. And I still like it and I still like the growth here. And that's G-O-O-G-L. And then the stocks that are lottery stocks but could continue to be, we don't know, are Intuitive Surgical, ISRG, Estee Lauder, E-L, Costco, ticker C-O-S-T. And as always, you wanna be sure to subscribe so that you get all of the podcasts here because you never know what we're going to talk about on the market edge. And there's a lot going on. So be sure to get us on SoundCloud. You can get us on Apple Podcasts. You can get us on Amazon Music and Spotify. And anywhere, really, that you can get podcasts, you will find the Zach's Market Edge. But be sure to get us. And I'll see you again next time with some more stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified I described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.